Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the podcast that has no name, but it is all about the drivers. I'm here with the usual crew, Frank Carroll. How are you today? I am doing great, Mike. Glad to be on another episode. He's calling me Mike, ladies and gentlemen, but Mike is here with us. Hey, Mike, uh, how are you today? Man, I'm doing good because the Eagles are playing on Sunday and the Cowboys are not. So I'm a happy camper, Eric. <laughs> I'm a very happy camper. Well, we're going to let that one slide for today. <laughs> <laughs> go Broncos. There you go. Ooh. Well, <laughs> we at least go. they've had a worse season than the Cowboys, the Broncos. Yes, so, you know, they did. If you want to call it a season. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Well, we are going to give an update today uh, for drivers. Mike, you have a lot of information for us uh, to give to the drivers so that, so that they are in the know about what's taking place uh, within the company. So I think the first thing we want to start out with is we always like to talk about safety in the company. We always pride ourselves for many years, I guess, since the very beginning of the company prided ourselves on being safe. Uh, so Mike, any safety update for today? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Eric. In fact, you know, we met with the union leadership last week in Atlanta. So the information we're going to share today is really the same information we shared um, in the Atlanta meeting. It was actually a good meeting. We got to meet some of the new, uh, AT, the new vice presidents, um, Dehelia and Berlon from the ATU. Uh, really glad to meet them. They brought some nice, fresh perspectives to the meeting. Uh, but yeah, we did start off with safety and I'm you know, very happy to report that in, last year in 22, we had probably one of our best safety years from a performance standard that we've ever had. And particularly when it comes to injuries, um, I'm showing up here on the screen right now. When you looked at all staff and lost time injuries, we were down 25 to 40 percent improvement over the prior year. You know, and that and that equates to two things. Number one. People are staying safe. They're using their brain. So we want to thank you guys because safety is a personal commitment. When people come to work, all of our drivers, all of our mechanics, it is a personal commitment, which I, which I think you guys are doing a great job of actually upholding. Uh, now, in collision trends and passenger injuries, we got a little bit of a mixed story. We're still doing very well on a, an incident rate. As we look at collisions per million miles, we were right around five collisions per million miles. You think about it, that's not a lot of collisions and it's much, much better than the industry, but we still got some improvement. Our ultimate goal is to be zero. We'd love to have zero across the board. Uh, when it comes to collisions, we were slightly up over the prior year. And one of the reasons for that is you guys well know we've hired quite a few new drivers. Uh, so we've seen an uptick in collisions primarily from the new drivers. So again, we really want to again encourage everyone when you see a new driver, you know, really talk to them about safety. You know, our instructors are world class, our mentors are world class, and they do a lot of conversations when it comes to being collisions. It's really about slowing down, looking where you're going, because as you guys may or may not know, our number one collision type is really fixed objects. We're hitting a lot of just small, minor things, fixed objects, hitting some vehicles. Uh, you know, knock on wood, haven't had very many major injuries or collisions in the last couple of months. So again, we really just want to refocus everybody's effort um, and attention when it comes to safety. This is our CSA scorecard, which I'm showing now. It, it looks at unsafe driving, hours of service, driver fitness, and vehicle maintenance. 
And what's cool about this report, it goes to the DOT and it compares us to other trucking companies and bus companies that are, are roughly the same size as Greyhound. So a couple of things to take off of this slide is unsafe driving. We are at the top of the class. Our score is best, is better than just about anyone in our peer group. When it comes to driver fitness, you know, making sure you're wearing your glasses, getting your DOT physicals, making sure all that stuff. Again, we're leading the way when it comes to that category. Hours of service has been an, a bit of an issue for us. Here's the training point when it comes to hours of service is it's really important that all drivers, both new and old, keep a copy of blank paper logs with them at all times. Because what happens is, and where we're getting written up is, they get pulled over on a roadside inspection and the driver doesn't have those blank logs. So it's really important that you keep them with them, put them in your bag, make sure you've got a copy so that you can produce them during a roadside inspection. And the second thing is you gotta know how to transfer those logs to the officer and you have to do it electronically through that app. It doesn't happen very often, um, it does happen a lot in New York and Georgia, so they're getting geared up for that. So if any driver out there has any questions or concerns about what to do when it comes to logging during a roadside inspection, please, please go talk to your manager. They can walk you through it. We've got some training material, but we want everybody to be able to nail that. Because as you can see on this gra graph, we've gone from 70%, which is high numbers are bad, 70% down to 50%. So we're making some improvements, but again, we want to get to zero on that. And then last but not least, vehicle maintenance. We're actually in the top 10% uh, when it comes to for vehicle maintenance. So all in all, we're doing really well. But as, as we talked about, we really want to get to zero in all these categories. All Mike, right. I understand there is a new um, concept out there uh, that we're doing regionally. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think this is new for everybody in the company. Well, because uh, this is something we've test piloted in Chicago in the fall. They found it was very successful, and, and talking with the uh, ATU board about it, they're very, um, they're very high on this program. And what it does, it, it's going to create regionally based um, operations for our buses. So, for instance, in Chicago, what we did was all the buses that operate in Chicago, Michigan, Ohio, that entire region, they are going to circulate back to the garage. So, if it's going to, let's say, the schedule goes to New York. They're going to run the bus somewhere like Pittsburgh or Cleveland, and they're going to turn that bus back so it stays in the region. And we're doing this for a couple of reasons. Number one is we believe this is going to create a better environment for our maintenance team. So they've got some ownership. They've got some accountability. They get to know the coaches, right? They get to know all the different buses and what's maybe unique about them. Uh, we're going to be able to do then pooling and reporting, which is something I'm, all, I'm working on uh, next week. It shows how well we're doing when it comes to PMI compliance, out of service, those key critical metrics for the tech, technical operations group, because we want that to improve. We want the bus quality and, and condition to improve as a result of that. Mike, how are we looking when it comes to uh, finances? Revenue per mile is always um, key for us. So how are we doing in that area? No, that's a good one. We actually been, which is kind of cool. This year we started doing uh, weekly calls with some of the, with um, led by Kai and Bill and Tim and the whole team really to update us uh, once a week on some of the key initiative things. And financials is one of the big ones, right? And I'm really happy to say that we started off the year, the first three weeks of January, we actually exceeded our budget for the first time when it comes to our key revenue metrics, which is revenue per mile, bus miles and load. So 
to do the math, revenue per mile is roughly how many how many dollars per mile do we make when we're going down the highway? And ballpark, you know, Greyhound on average does we're making about six dollars per mile on an RPM basis. That's a it's a pretty good number. So we want to keep it there. Obviously, we want to see that inc- increase and improve. And so the scheduling team is doing a very good job of looking at ticket sales, looking at miles, looking at loads, and they have to adjust accordingly. So if we find a schedule that's underperforming, we may make that schedule run fewer days a week. Um, if we find an area of the country where we're, you know, we've got really heavy loads, they'll add additional capacity. Because I know we talked about one of our goals for this year is to add more miles this year. We want to add about, I want to I'm going to say around 15% more miles. You couldn't quote me on that. More miles in 23 than we did in 22, because we know that running more miles, as long as they're profitable miles, right, are going to get us into a better financial position, which is one of our big goals for 23. But again, the good news is we've started off the first three weeks of the year on a good foot. So we just hope to build from that as we go forward into the spring, and especially during this busy summer season when we typically make all the money as a company. You mentioned busy summer season. Uh, prior to us getting there, the company is making some uh, major moves uh, within the company uh, yes. across the country. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, and as you guys know, when we broke up with First Group a couple of years ago, is when, when we broke up from them, they kept a lot of these locate a lot of these big locations from a real a real estate perspective. Um, and so some of our garages in particular, like Los Angeles, Chicago, and Philadelphia, we are in the process of making some moves at the garage. And in the case of Los Angeles, we're actually making the same. We, we've actually broke up. We moved out of the terminal. And now we're operating out of Union Station as well as uh, Glendale, which is a transit station, kind of a little bit the suburbs of Los Angeles. So we talked about that this week. And I will tell you this, the amount of effort that's gone into it by the drivers, you know, picking up the new runs, understanding where they are, the planning team to make sure that the schedules and the schedule product was adjusted. Um, the maintenance organization did a heck of a job. Um, Doug and Tom Stiley that runs maintenance, they were talking about, you know, how the, the mechanics actually pitched in during the move. And while we did have some hiccups, you know, things, anybody who's moved knows it's very disruptive. Uh, takes a lot of planning. A lot of things are going never go never things are never going to go according to plan all the time. So there's been some hiccups along the way, but in general, we really haven't seen any major service failures out of any of those moves. Uh, in Chicago, we're getting out of that garage that was built, good lord, probably in 1910. I think you know they were running the Hutmobile probably ran through the Chicago garage at one point, um, <laughs> and it was it was this it was just huge. You get lost in there. You could actually get lost in there. Um, so anyway, we obviously we sold that property. We've moved to a new facility. I saw pictures of this new facility. It's actually pretty. It's really nice. It's like an old airplane hangar. It's part of a heliport. Very new, very clean, very modern. Uh, the, the move took place this month. Uh, in Philadelphia, we've moved out of the old garage, and we've been operating at the new location uh, for about two or three months. And they're going to have the grand opening where they move into the new space in the coming months. And, you know, the plan for this year is since we don't own, we don't own the real estate, we're trying to renegotiate where it makes sense, where it's smart. And if we cannot negotiate a good lease rate, we will start looking at moving more facilities over the next couple of years. We've got until October of 24 
to make a lot of major facility moves in the company. And I know Bill and Tim and the, and the entire operations team is, is heavily focused on that in the next uh, 18 months. Sounds good. Sounds So next week, Frank, uh, give us a little update on the platform switch. I know you, there's something coming up with the VRU that's important for drivers to know as well. Absolutely. A lot of good things happening with Platform Switch. We've really been successful with all of the training sessions we've had for both of our company terminals and uh, the new term, which are resellers. Instead of calling them agencies, we call them resellers now. And uh, and then also, as we transition uh, on, the, on the, the day of Platform Switch, uh, we will be utilizing the VRU uh, to sign schedules in and out of their locations. Uh, but more to come on that uh, as we... Uh, build that training material and get it disseminated out to the drivers. Frank, on the phones, how's that coming? Because I heard that was a bit of a, and we had some issues with SIM cards with AT&T. Is that getting squared away? That's a great question. Yes, we uh, have addressed all of that, and, and we've now uh, full bore on dis distributing the devices. Uh, and there's a direct correlation between device distribution and driver completion of their uh, courses in the lear new learning management system, uh, Greyhound University, for the drivers. And so that's why we really want to get those devices out there, get them in the hands of the drivers, and really drive that uh, completion percentage in, in the LMS. And then I think the other thing, because you and I were working on this just yesterday, right? When it comes to the training, we're going to roll out, I mean, it's like, what we figure, three to five hours of training on this platform switch for every driver. And we want everybody to participate. On the conference calls that you're doing, in order to get paid for that time, just submit a manual pay claim through the OEAD group, because there's no way we can automate it. So if you want to get paid for the conference calls, submit a manual claim. And then when you take the online courses, we are going to automate the pay for that, right? Correct. Once, we, uh, once we've determined that you've completed the courses with an acceptable uh, passing score, then we can run a report and uh, turn it into uh, uh, OEAD, and they'll uh, pay the drivers accordingly. Well, all right. That's going to do it for today. Mike, Frank, thank you for all the uh, information on today. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for uh, tuning in for the Driver Podcast. We'll catch up with you next week. Have a good day.